Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Right, okay, I am absolutely sick of people coming to find me on the internet saying, Simon, we don't agree with your opinions, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, okay, I thought about it and I thunk about it, and I have come up with a brand new host of Ups and Downs. Okay, fine. You see that over there? You see how it is? That's going to be the new host of Raw. Hey, you, do you want to come and like, review Fit and Balor and Judgment Day doing stuff? Stop ignoring me. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So you all come at me, and you all get mad at me. Well, I tried to replace myself... The horse doesn't want to do it. Now the stupid horse didn't want to come back into the studio. I got the green screen. We can't do the damn show. So you're stuck with me. So the next time you want to tweet me, think about the horse. Otherwise, hello, my name is Simon Miller. I'm doing this weird robotic wave today because it feels pretty good. And WWE did just have, don't stop, did just have Monday Night Raw. So I'm going to take my finger of power and I'm going to give the good bits an up and the bad bits a do because I've been doing it since 2016 and I'll do it till I die. Let's up those doubts. Seth Rollins was out to kick off Raw this week, so it was classic sports entertainment. And yes, all the crowd started chanting his theme song. And I've decided this is really weird. You wouldn't see Dolly Parton in the street and go up to Dolly Parton and going, Happy 9 to 5. Man, I bet that happens to that poor woman all the time. Anyway, Rollins was super pumped and super happy that he was now done with Riddle because, of course, he beat him at Clash of the Castle because now he has his eyes set on something else, namely Championship Gold. Now, I got very excited about this because I assumed he was talking about Roman Reigns. And to be fair, we're not 100% sure, but there was a twist later. We will talk about it. This is when Matthew did interrupt, even though Seth hadn't really said anything bad. But he was so annoyed. He had a microphone. He just went, bro. But he got in the ring and he started to pummel the crap out of Seth to the point they tumbled over the top. Then they were brawling on the floor. Eventually, Rollins ran away because he wanted nothing to do with this, which left Riddle in the ring. When all of a sudden, WWE did their new favorite thing, which is those transitions, because then Judgment Day came out because they wanted to have a chat to Matthew. Finn Balor and Damian Priest too were all like, oh man, Riddle, calm down, don't worry about it. Just hang out and play Nintendo because we're not here to do anything bad. And the absolute best part 
about all of this is that Finn Balor has started to wear a bandana. I tell you, this is the best thing we have ever done to Finn. He is such a good asshole. Anyway, the whole point was is that they're looking for new members in their group, and I suppose they wanted a hookup, hence why they asked Riddle. But Matt was all like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to beat up Seth, so I'm going to have to say no. Surprise, surprise, the Judgment Day basically then went, oh, you're a massive drug addict, and they started to have a fight. And then we cut to commercial, and when we came back, it was Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. And I thought, oh, man, the content guns are just going absolutely crazy. And while I'm pretty sure they have had a match before, do I remember it? No. Priest also stayed on the outside, so he was using all of his mana just to cast distraction. And honestly, this got a little bit ridiculous. Like, any time Riddle started to get back into it, Damo would just be like, hey, hey, look over here. And every time, Matt would be like, huh? So Finn Balor talked it. The best part, though, is when Rey Mysterio must have teleported down from the Starship Enterprise because he attacked Damian Priest because, of course, he's basically ruined his entire family life. And then Finn Balor and Matt Riddle had all their finishes stored, their power meters were super high, because they just went finisher attempt, finisher attempt, finisher finisher attempt, but nobody was able to hit it. The problem though is that eventually Seth Rollins came back out, and he was casting distraction too, and I was like, Riddle, you need to go back to your damn trainer. This was doubly bad, because he was about to hit the RKO, but you already know the deal. Bala hit the DDT, he finished him off with the Coupe de Gras, and once again, Finn Balor got a win on Raw, don't forget there was a time when that never happened. The whole segment also finished after Seth gave Riddle another curb stomp. And I know, I agree with you, this angle is a little bit weird. Because it's one guy saying, hey, I want another fight. And the other guy saying, no, I already beat you clean in the middle. Why would I do it again? It's very accurate. However, this was a fun start to Raw. Especially because it was just the chaos of sports entertainment. Almost like Vince McMahon was back, but up. Quick interview with Damage Control after this, and Bailey was basically like, Dakota Kai and Io Sky will win the Women's Tag Team Championships later. And then when Sarah Shriver did say, oh, do you remember when you pinned Bianca Belair recently? Bells went, yep, I don't want to talk about it. And she left. So there is your Women's Title Feud, and we will get into more of that later. And good. Who doesn't want to see Bianca Belair versus Bailey? And then here was Dominic Mysterio. There's no two ways about it. Somebody has definitely been playing him my Chemical Romance records. Because this was part of some weird, disturbing, creepy video where he was just staring off into the abyss and he may as well have been holding up a sign that said, yes, I'm the bad guy now. But I cannot tell a lie because my parents raised me better than that. I kind of like this. It's the most interesting Dommy boy has been in ages. He also told us that after Clash of the Castle, he now feels alive and that absolutely cracked me up because it means the way that he had to feel like this is by punching his dad's mate in the balls. When you think about it, that's really weird. Essentially though, Dominic feels like daddy never let him be his own self and that he casts quite the shadow for a tiny man. That's what he said. Once again, I had my gun out because I was like, oh man, shots fired. It's also a pretty terrible thing to say because Dom, without this guy, you ain't going to be on this planet. And this is when Rhea Ripley popped in and whispered something in his ear. Although we don't know what that was. So I'm hoping that she said we need a Banjo-Kazooie sequel because we do. I also think the last line was Dominic shouting out, I'm not your baby boy anymore. I'm a man. I was just on the floor, because what kind of adult does that? I'm a man. It's like, listen, dude, you're a really strange person. But again, I think all of this is working, and I'm glad we are heading in this direction, 
Because before, Dominic Mysterio was basically just like Rey Mysterio's mate, which makes no sense, because he's also his son. This is what we should be doing, and there's more later up. You also had a video focusing on Johnny Gargano too, as Austin Theory told John, oh, later on, you're going to be fighting Chad Gable. And I started to do the Simon Miller excited dance, because I want to see that match. It was also then time to crown brand new women's tag team champions. That's right, it was EO and Sky. Is that right? I think so. No, it's completely wrong. Kai and Sky taking on Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. And as you've already figured out, Bailey's team won. Now, given how much time and effort has gone into this story, I do have to say that this felt a little bit flat. And at the moment, I just don't think like it's clicking. Mostly because everyone is sat there going, where's Sasha Banks and Naomi? 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 And they're only going to get off their ass when they see Sasha Banks and Naomi. I also kind of think looking back now, we only gave the belts to Aaliyah and Rodriguez because it was something to do that was going to surprise people. And when you tie that up in a little bow, I do think it has to get it down. It just hasn't worked. The match did do what it had to do though. And as I always say, once again, it felt like Raquel was carrying the load, whereas Aaliyah wasn't doing anything. So now that they have lost the championships, surely one is gonna turn on the other and be like, oh man, I hate you so much. You've made my life a misery. Now it kind of feels like Ali is gonna turn on Rodriguez. That makes no sense to me because quite clearly WW wants to push Raquel and that would be the best way to do it. Otherwise though, Rodriguez went after Bailey at one point because she was being an absolute nuisance on the outside when EO Sky came off the top with this moonsault. And honestly, if Raquel Rodriguez does not have a black eye this morning, she a lucky pup. That left Aaliyah all by herself though, where Dakota Kai hit this bizarre, flippy, ups and downs, lefts and rights, code breaker thingamajig. I mean, it did make some people in the crowd go, because oh, they couldn't believe it. And then she just pinned it and she won. And like I said, there was confetti like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we've done it. For some reason, it just, something was missing. I had no problem with the match though, and I did enjoy it for what it was. So I am going to give it an up, but we need more focus with this at the moment. I'm not even wearing a watch. We then just had the best segment with the Mysterios because Ray found Dominic who wouldn't look at him. He's like, my son, I can't believe you felt this way. I was like, Ray, are you kidding me? I only watched the program and even I knew he felt this way. You are terrible father. Daddy also kept going on saying, Edge is a dangerous man, my boy. You must be careful. When Rhea Ripley just walked in went, Dominic, this is a waste of our time. And they left. And I don't know why, but I really like Rhea and Dom together. This wasn't on my 2002 bingo card. Don't even worry about that though, because up next it was indeed Chad Gable versus Johnny Gargano. This was wonderful. This probably has happened before, but I don't remember, so I was enjoying it as a first time match. Something that really made me laugh is that even though it's close, I'm pretty sure Chad Gable is taller than Johnny Gargano. And don't forget, it was only a couple of years ago when we were calling Gable Shorty G, also known as the Walking Biscuit. So how dumb is that gimmick now? He's taller than people in your roster, but you were still going, <laughs> you're not very tall. Otherwise, it was just such good chain wrestling and eventually Gargano hit this awesome slingshot spear. So Gable was like, all right, I'm going to give you this German bridging suplex. I'm just sat there doing this with my arms like I was conducting but I don't know how they're so damn smooth. I mean it was so damn smooth I think my foot came off and then they were just reversing each other's finishes as if it was super easy barely an inconvenience and when nobody could get the upper hand they started to punch each other in the face. Gable got thrown to the outside Otis caught him so Johnny was like all right he did this dive and everybody went crashing into Alan the announce table. This left Gable vulnerable because he was flashing red like he was a bus so of course Gargano hit the one final beat and he pinned him 
clean in the middle of the ring. And that just makes me feel so good and warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Do I think any less of Chad Gable? No, he just got beaten by the better man on the night. And afterwards, too, Otis came after Gargano. He just went, bup. He gave him the cross chop and he ran away. All of this worked. All of this ticked my boxes. And all of this is getting out. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Apparently he wasn't going to be able to get out of there scot-free because from nowhere Austin Theory appeared and he twonked him with the briefcase and then he went to the ring and he started to do his whole, oh man, I'm Austin Theory and I've got all these accolades. When out came Kevin Owens. Ooh, the lally. Now he once again got a great pop, which is so crazy to me because a few weeks ago it did like we were going to turn him heel, but I don't think we're going to be able to do that now because he cut this promo that would just put fire in your tootsie toes. I mean, when it was done, I was like, where's a wall? I'm going to run through it. Because he just opened up on Austin saying, look, you're no longer the handpicked guy. Everything that's been handed to you was on a silver platter. And while I can understand that, because when I won the Universal Championship, it was the same situation. Apart from that, I've been busting my ass, whereas you're hanging around just flexing. He then went into this tirade about how we've seen dozens and dozens of Austin theories, whereas people like Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano are one in a million, which is why wrestling needs them so badly. And really, Theory could probably vanish out of existence and nobody would care. He also said that Theory was completely expendable. I looked up expendable. And it basically means you have no significance and therefore should be destroyed. Destroyed! Kevin then changed his tact a little bit because as it turned out, he was trying to get under Austin Theory's skin. So he does do it the right way. And clearly Theory wasn't understanding any of this. So Kev just stood there and he slapped him right around the face. This then triggered a huge brawl and clearly Theory must have taken something bad because his nose was bleeding but flubbed me sideways. This was absolutely terrific and now I do want to see Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory 
and I want Owens to take the money in the bank briefcase away from him, I can't help it. Kevin also shouted out this was only beginning, and I do believe they are going to have a match next week. The best part is Theory now has so many enemies. In fact, so many people want to feud with him. It wouldn't surprise me if I turned up on Raw next week and I got into it too. Kevin Owens is also just such an asset to any company. I didn't see this coming. He just stormed out and went absolutely crazy to the point it doesn't just get an up, it gets a golden up because it's just one of those weeks where if you go out there and you cut a promo like this, you get me all inspired. Whack it on the board. During all of this too, Austin did have the line, you don't look like me, nobody can look like me. I'm like, bro, you're in the WWE. 90% of the people actually do look like you. Well, then got really random because Bianca Belair came out and she got on the microphone and was all like, I want to be a fighting champion. So let's get into a fight right now. Of all the people, it was Sonya Deville as well, because way back in the day, she feels like Bianca Costa, her general manager position. So they had a match and it was okay. I also think the championship may have been on the line. I do want to point out that I think DeVille has a massive upside and that we have no way tapped into her potential yet. But we had two problems here. One, this was a little bit rough and ready, which is fine. They're human beings. They're allowed to make mistakes. But also, two, I don't think anybody in their right mind thought Bianca Belair was going to get pinned again, especially because she got pinned at the premium live event. It was also one of those Belair matches where she got beaten up for a while and then just got bored. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So she hit the KOD and she just got the one, two, three. I mean, it's like when you're a kid and you're hanging out with your mum and she's been patient all day, but then you ask for your 12th ice cream. Eventually she turns around and she shouts at you, no more ice creams. And you massively deserved it because you had been being a dick. No idea what I'm talking about and no idea how he got here. But again, this was all right. This was okay. Give it up. And it was really there so Bailey could walk out afterwards and say to her, hi, how does it feel that I was the first person to pin you over 300 days? And this is when damage control attacked. But Bianca Belair is not a stupid baby face and she has some friends. So out came Alexa Bliss, out came Oscar. They were able to give Bailey a spine buster. And there you go. This feud continues. And it does feel a little bit lost at the moment, but I believe everything will be okay. And speaking of crazy stuff, Omos was then on Raw. What? He is still with MVP, and I do believe if you were watching this for the USA Network, the feed just cut out. But here's the thing. You didn't actually miss anything you need to worry about, because Omos just beat up two random guys and he pinned him. And I'm pretty sure we have been doing this since like 1298, when Omos was known as Ye Olde Omos. I mean, he's just done to death at this stage, and it does nothing for the man, because I've already seen him in proper feuds with the likes of Bobby Lashley. So you can't go back to what you were doing. So this really did feel like filler, and I think we need to come up with a better plan for Omos. Let's get it down. Ray was then in the back going, Edge, please don't kill my boy, I beg you. And Edge was like, nah, bruh, I'm going to murder your son. He's not a young boy anymore. And it's true. I'm like, Ray, I googled it. He's 25 years old. He's allowed a beating. We also cut to Seth Rollins after this, and I didn't see it coming. Because after he had run his mouth for a little bit, Bobby Lashley walked into frame. <laughs> Bob was so upset. He's like, how dare you call yourself the face of Raw. I'm the only champion that's here right now, and he who wears the gold is the face of the show. And I was like, Lashley, that is not a saying. The whole point is, though, is that they are going to have a match next week, and I have no idea how this is going to go, but you're absolutely right that I want to see Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. They're like the wrestlers of 2022. They've been smashing it. While I'm sure he's been doing this for ages, Bob now wears glasses, and he looks like such a badass. <laughs> if Bobby Lashley could pull this off, getting it next week. And then we were at the Miz's house 
because why not? And the main reason was because he refuses to leave to go to Raw because, of course, what happened with Dexter Loomis next week has scared the absolute hell out of him. Instantly, I put my hand up like a kid in class. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Last week, I did see him in the ring with Dexter, who was caressing his hair. How the hell did he get out of that situation? His daughters and Maurice were there too, and his wife was all like, oh, Ms. Mike, it's time to go for a premiere. But Ms. is so scared. He's like, listen, babe, I'm, I really don't want to leave the house because I don't want to get attacked. Maurice tried to calm him down by saying, we've got dogs, we've got cameras, we've got security guards, but you can already figure out what did happen. They got in their car, they drove away. When the camera turned around and who was sat in their kitchen drawing a picture of the entire Miz family, it was, of course, Dexter Loomis. Seriously, this guy, he has many, many problems. The feed then cut, which begs the question, why didn't the cameraman ring the police? And why didn't the raw commentary team get in touch with the cops? This is one of those wrestling things that makes absolutely no sense. But it's so bizarre, it's so off the wall, and Dexter Loomis plays this character so well, I'm going to give it an up. I mean, we don't even know his intentions. Maybe he just wants to become a better actor, and he thinks the Miz as the networking to allow him to do that. I have no idea where this is going to go, but am I excited? Yes. Which did indeed bring us to our main event for Raw, and I have to be a negative Nancy just quickly, because for the second show in a row, if I'm taking SmackDown into account, WWE decided to get to their last match on the card give us a silly flub finish. And as ever, it's because they didn't want somebody to lose, but look at Sheamus right now. Find him and look right at him straight in the eye. He'd had that amazing match at Clash of the Castle with Gunther and he didn't win. He got pinned, but because he fought so hard, he's now more over than ever, which just goes to show sometimes you don't need shenanigans. Anywho, it was Edge versus Dominic and somebody has just hit slow down on Dominic's theme. Although I will say I loved how this started. There was no lockup, there was no wrestling. Edge ran at the guy and started punching him in the face like, you absolute goober. I mean, you don't get kicked in the testicles and then decide to try and headlock someone. And once again, there was a highlight here. This may have been happening for a while. But Dominic Mysterio has the letters DM now written on the back of his gear. My girlfriend came in and she said, why is he called direct message? That was it. I died. I'm retiring. Edge was also so enraged when Dominic did this cool kip-up thing that he just wrecked him with a clothesline. And do not forget that Rhea Ripley is basically Dom's pseudo-manager right now. So she was on the outside, and because it was Monday Night Raw, she was casting distraction. I mean, at one point, Edge was going for a superplex, and she just grabbed Dominic's leg. And for some reason, that meant when Edge went for it, he just fell on the floor. Like, I get it logistically, but it looked really funny. This didn't allow Dominic to start working over Edge's leg, but I tell you... The Rayonar Superstar was so violent during this, which once again it did need. And when Dom went for the figure four, Edge took his foot, he put it on Dominic's ass, and he just threw him into the ring post. I mean, that boy hit hard. There was in this nice sequence when Edge went for the Impaler DDT and the Edge-O-Matic. But when he went for the spear, Dominic Mysterio, my word, he rolled through straight into a single-leg Boston Crab. I started clapping. That looked really good. This isn't Edge's first rodeo, though, so he was able to reverse that into the most Devastating move in all of sports entertainment. This spray is rolled up. But when Dominic kicked out, he wrapped this poor boy, this poor child, up in the ropes. And he just started laying in shots. I was like, no, you can't hurt this child. 
dudes in their mid-twenties. He was destroying him so much that Ray came out to beg Edge to calm down. And we should have broadcast what they were saying. Because it must have been Edge, please don't kill my boy. And Edge being like, no, you shut up, I'm going to kill him. And this is when things went super crazy. Not that guy, he didn't come out. But Damian Priest was here and he took out Ray Mysterio. Where in the ring, Finn Balor attacked Edge which caused the DQ. Rhea was then slamming Edge with a chair as Dominic did the same thing when once again Finn Balor took him out with the Coupe de Gras. And this felt like a write-off angle and honestly, I swear we do this with Edge every single damn week. This did mean Raw went off air with Judgment Day standing tall and what a turnaround it has been for these guys. Like we do need a world championship back soon, but I love the fact Triple H has gone, no, we have something here and they're growing and they're getting more dominant. I actually like them now. And look, for 95% of this match i really enjoyed it too though it is getting it up but you do have to give it a down for another flub finish because look would it have been the worst thing in the world with all the craziness going on if dominant mysterio had won the answer is no i mean you also had a dad that can't handle his emotions so that could have tied in but again let's just recap on friday drew mcintyre was about to be victorious when carrying cross attacked him and then we just did the same thing on raw Sometimes it just feels a little bit lame, although I will say WWE is doing this far less and that's some thumbs. Which did indeed bring us to the end of another episode of Raw. And once again, I'll say this. It is certainly lacking in pizzazz, but we have all these long-term storylines in place and we just do a little bit here and we do a little bit there. And I bet when we get to the pay-per-view, it starts to ramp up. That's all I can ask. I'm never bored. These shows are very well put together and it is getting it up.